Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Weedman. My lovely assistant is Jimmy Belyakov, and we have our excellent friend Kite Tails in here today with us as well. Hi, everybody. Hi. How are how are you guys doing this lovely evening? Doing, doing pretty great. Good. Yeah, it's going mm. it's going all right. That's, things are going good. That's good things to feel, because I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I feel like I am living in the lap of luxury tonight. I just finished a delicious bowl of hot, creamy potato soup. And, uh, Sounds good. I, once I was done, I started dragging, I started clicking and dragging windows on my fancy new 144 hertz monitor. Damn. Mm, yes. That is fancy. I think I think I am going to uh, enjoy this thing for a few years because my old one broke Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, shit, I better grab a new monitor as fast as possible. So, you know, I could get my my work done, which is funny because I still ended up delaying bunny hop a week anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, I decided to splurge and bought a legit kind of kind of mid to higher end gaming monitor that uh, has 144 hertz and one millisecond of response time. And now I get to be one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet I mean, you all can't wait. Well, your your reviews already go into more, like, tech detail than most of the people that I watch. Like, I remember the, the Call of Duty Ghosts one. You talked a lot about, like, the system requirements and, like, what it oh, actually yeah. outputted. Yeah. Now this just adds, like, one extra layer for you to analyze. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good, though, because if, I'm sure you have, uh, like, hardcore PC gamer, like an audience for that that watches you i'm sure they do because you cover a lot of stuff like that to begin with so this will probably please a lot of people with monitors like yours gradually i mean all my life i've just been used to uh playing games at 60 frames per second and i'm totally okay with that like i think i've made the the case before that um even on slower paced stealth games like i won't even notice if it's in the mid 20s like if it's a slow paced game i seriously won't care mm-hmm. but i'm actually afraid of what this will do to my psychology oh, <laughs> cuz you know <laughs> ignorance is bliss yeah and uh and uh pulling higher frames requires more money from my wallet to go on mm-hmm. the computer which which isn't necessarily good for me so yeah. maybe um playing games in a lower resolution and a lower refresh rate, which still kind of boggles my mind because my whole life, I not my whole life, but I guess earlier in life, I was always told that 60 frames per second is as many as you're ever going to need. And apparently uh-huh. now people are like, no, you gotta, you gotta play at 120 frames per second. And I guess now I- I'm about to find that out for myself. Yeah, I think I remember talking about previously on the podcast um, about like they did like a test on some Razer site or something they like mm-hmm. razor did like a sponsorship test with somebody and then like they asked like a pro gamer to try and discern <laughs> discern between 60 and 120 frames per second monitors uh and they had them like leave the room and they switched them out randomly to see if he can guess and he got like i think he got like 75 percent oh wow correct yeah, I, yeah. I, that sounds about right like it does look smoother i can't necessarily say how much of that you know is just placebo like me right. just spending a lot of money and, and deep down <laughs> yeah, inside me wanting it. to uh yeah justify that buyer's buyer's remorse or whatever but yeah. um I, I did load up one test page that scrolls static images across the screen at the same speed at different frame rates and they uh-huh. had one column where the image was scrolling at 144 frames per second another one where it was scrolling at 60 and while the two images were both neck and neck with each other and they looked like they were going at the same speed the 60 fps one was blurrier mm-hmm. and i think um what 144 frames per second actually has more 
sorry to do with okay. is eliminating uh, a lot of problems you get with LCD monitors when moving images around the screen with regards to motion blur and ghosting. Yeah. Because uh, the static image was coming in crystal clear, even though it was moving across the screen super fast at 140 frames, whereas the mm. 60 frames per second one was all blurry. It was mm-hmm. kind of like two of the images overlapping on each other. Right. Um, and... So maybe that's it. Like, my first reaction was like, wow, this kind of reminds me of my childhood. It reminded me Mm -hmm. a lot of playing early PS2 games on CRT monitors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on CRT monitors, you don't have that much of a problem with ghosting. And you Uh can still pull 60 frames per second on those old early PS2 games. I mean, they were really good about that back then. Right. So I'm thinking it might not necessarily be the frame rate that, that makes it look and feel that much different so much as it is just how... I guess beefing up the frame rate fixes other problems that uh, that LCD monitors have. Because, like, professional people, both for fighting games and shooters, still want to use CRTs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's still the the ideal choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, especially for games like Smash Brothers Melee mm-hmm. and stuff, uh, you if you see any, like, like, shots of a tournament area, there is so many ancient TVs that are... I mean, not ancient, but they're, like like five to ten year old tvs that are set up everywhere and it's just funny because that's not like that's not like a cost thing that's not like everybody's poor and they're bringing (laughs) the tvs that's like the standard that's what people want to be playing yeah there are a lot of advantages with it i wish people knew more about what exactly they sacrifice when they go with a lcd like they they i guess became the market standard because they're so much easier to move around and they don't take up as much space or power bill money Mm -hmm. but um you really do lose a lot of image quality and also um like the smoothness and clarity of moving images goes down you have to deal with viewing angles with it getting uh, all mm-hmm. all washed out at certain angles, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that's why that's why professional people still use CRTs. You know, one thing I also really hmm, miss is being able to change resolutions and it not look like a blurry mess. Yeah. So <laughs> that that weirded me out when I first got my first LCD monitor. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like that because on a CRT. Yeah. When you lower the resolution, it still looks okay. Like, I swear when I was a kid, I thought the only thing resolution did was change your HUD size. Uh-huh. But uh, but as I grew older, I found out that's <laughs> that's not necessarily true. But anyways, I played um, three rounds of casual Counter-Strike Deathmatch a couple hours ago when it first arrived. Mm-hmm. I scored first place in every one of them. Wow. Dang. I don't know if it was the monitor or not. <laughs> <laughs> it may be. I have a lot more pixels on the screen, a lot more frames are being rendered, and there's like a couple milliseconds less response time with this one. So it may it, that may actually be manifested as as me having a hardware advantage over these other players now, or maybe I just got good or something. I don't know, but um, <laughs> magically just got good. Maybe, maybe. If, if you want to be good at video games and don't want to put time and effort into learning them, I recommend buying a fancy <laughs> monitor. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll, I'll start investing right now. Yeah. Um, but I guess I guess in the future this stuff will uh, will be more standard, but it's going to be fun. I'm going to make a video about it and uh, play a whole bunch of games. I can't wait to see what Sonic Generations looks like running at uh, 120 <laughs> frames per second. I don't think I could handle that. Mm. Yeah, Something you said about it, the higher frame rate sickness. makes me yeah, a little dizzy. But I yeah. also get really nauseous when I'm reading in a, a moving vehicle. Or oh, okay. So yeah, I don't know if it's related to that, but I prefer the lower frame rate just because it's easier for me to look at. As strange as that is, and people are going to think, oh, maybe you need glasses. Mm -hmm. No, it's just, I don't know. know. 
No, I've, I've heard that. A lot of people um, get motion sickness from the it's Oculus. Too, and... Yeah, it's too fast. I got motion sickness from the Oculus Rift when oh, I tried no. it. But the game I was trying was very weird. It was a little <laughs> indie game where you make a noise and then you could see the movement of your noise. Oh, wow. That yeah. sounds kind of cool actually it, it was cool but made me super dizzy like those are the kinds of games i'm looking forward to for the oculus like stuff that could really only work on the oculus mm -hmm. yeah but i remember hmm. like <laughs> i think 90 percent of the times in my life where i've like thrown up and vomited were from reading in the back of a car like i totally yeah. have that same exact problem it's weird. but for some reason i can still well i guess i'm about hmm. to find out how well i can handle 120 <laughs> frames but I've always, I've always been able to handle it okay. I guess I'm more tolerant than a lot of other people of lower frames, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm really looking forward to uh, playing a lot of Counter-Strike tonight, <laughs> seeing yeah. what it's like on the more competitive modes. I don't know, since I, I never really had like a good PC of my own um, until like I bought like my decent one that I have now. Uh, I never like I, I'm the same way. I don't really have a problem with with like lower frame rates. Like I'm fine with playing at like. 20 to 30 yeah. well, like yeah. it depends on the game really and stuff yeah like you, of course yeah. it does depend you, on the you game. don't want to like, play like devil may cry or bayonetta at, at low frames <laughs> right right but like for the most part i'm like pretty forgiving uh when it comes to like frame rates like i'm not gonna like i i always like instead of being like oh good 60 finally it's like when i hit 60 i'm like oh wow <laughs> yes <laughs> it's always like a pleasant surprise that like like my my computer's really doing it but um yeah. I have a really weird reaction with seeing video in 60 frames per second. Yeah, like when I'm playing sure. a video game, I won't even like notice it that well. Like I guess I just get used to it. But then like even if I'm recording footage from the video game and then I watch that footage later on in a smaller window, I'm like, "Wow, that looks kind of weird." Yeah, I remember yeah. uh the Dex did uh we did a collaboration with um Pro Jared for one of our episodes and the video footage that he sent to us was in 60 frames per second <laughs> and his camera is really good and so we we film and we export at 30 and mm -hmm. so like it didn't matter for the final video but we have these like video clips of pro jared doing takes and they look it looks like this little window into his house <laughs> yeah. on the wow. computer screen it was like so impressive how <laughs> real it looked it was that's funny. actually really really useful for filming conventions because then mm -hmm. you can cut the speed of your b-roll in half oh yeah <laughs> and yeah, suddenly definitely. they have double the utility for gluing yep. your shots together <laughs> yeah for sure because you can't really tell tip. when there's like a whole crowd of people on the screen. You can't tell mm -hmm. if they're moving slow or fast. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and especially if you gosh and blur it a little bit. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Then, yeah. then there's yeah. like, there, you can slow it down to like a quarter speed. <laughs> and no one will <laughs> ever know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, gosh. So, okay. Enough about frames. What have, mm. what have you guys been doing this week? Um, well, I've been playing Smash Brothers. That's a good thing to be playing. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been playing. I actually, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, I was, I was talking with someone on Twitter because I was playing the home run bat contest in Smash Brothers, and this guy gave me a tip on how to, how to like get the ball or the the bag, the bag. It's a sandbag farther mm -hmm. with uh, Ganondorf because I remember in Brawl, if you use his punch, his B move punch, it like sends it flying, and he you don't even use, need to use the bat, but. I did it in, in Smash 4 and it didn't seem to work, so I just gave up immediately. And then he's like, no, 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 you have to do the turnaround punch. And I guess if you hit B and then you hit the opposite direction, he turns around and it does way more damage and knocks the thing way oh. farther. And so 
I kind of obsessed over that for <laughs> a couple hours and I kept upping my score and upping my score and I had a few friends that we were like chatting like like my friend uh, Dev we were like chatting in Skype and like oh man I just beat your score I'm at this now and then I'd like beat it back and then he'd beat me back and then I ended up getting 7,100 feet as in in a like in one go and I posted about it and I was like wow I'm not sure I could beat this and Eventually, somehow it led to that being featured on Destructoid as an article. <laughs> it was it was really funny. Wow. They have like like uh, Jonathan Holmes tweeted at me. He's like, "Oh wow, do you have like a video of how you did it?" And then like I I did this like terrible shitty Instagram video of me doing that like in my replay. And then like two hours later, I see it on Destructoid. It's like my tweet that that's just says so dang with the picture and then my Instagram video and I was like oh. And then I, I gotta hand it to the guy who wrote the article though because the article was titled Dorf on the Diamond and it had the video clip from the old Dorf series. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. It's the guy who who he like sits on his knees and puts shoes on his knees and he looks like a small person. Oh, and it's like a little I old comedy series. I seriously don't know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh. I've okay, seen it's a clip from it. It's like slapstick comedy. It's really, really funny. But there's one called His name is Dorf. D O R F. And it's called Dorf on the Diamond. He's like playing baseball. And so it was a very funny reference to put in front of that. But that was pretty much my week. I haven't played any like real matches. I played for Glory Mode for like. 10 minutes and I got very angry at how badly I was getting beaten so I just stopped playing that <laughs> what about you uh, Kaitels what have you been playing I have been playing Hyrule Warriors okay mm -hmm. I really like it? like it actually really I've never played any of the Warrior series so mm -hmm. yeah I knew about Dynasty Warriors <laughs> but um yeah I kind of like it I, I actually like adventure mode a lot and I beat the story mode legend mm -hmm. mode and yeah, it's it's kind of fun though to do yeah, the different it's, challenges. It's, it's definitely like like it's a little it's like indulgent. Yes. In in the way that like all the actions are are played out and everything, but it definitely is a lot of fun to play. Yeah, it is. It's just kind of mindless fun just to sit there and mm -hmm. not have to really think about anything. Just kill bad guys. So right. Yeah. Have you been? Have you played fun. the uh, the multiplayer at all, or just by yourself? Oh, the co-op. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I beat the entire game co-op. So. Oh, okay. So you got like the good experience then. Yes. Yeah, it was it was really fun. We actually streamed the entire legend mode. So, it was really cool just being able to sit there with other people mm -hmm. in a sense and and play through it. It was fun. I don't know if I would enjoy it on single player though. I it, think it was yeah. a lot more fun co-op. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Um the only the biggest problem with co-op is that while we're on the not to get back on the topic of frames, but it does drop the frame rate pretty noticeably. I don't know if you, you had that in your experience. I probably didn't notice, <laughs> just because I am only recently playing on a PC within like the last five years. I've mm -hmm. been purely console up until then, so it's right. not something that really stuck out to me. I didn't even notice, but then again, I don't have a good eye for that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I remember just watching Gerard and, uh, and Fraser play co-op a little bit. It was like clear like the game is locked at 60 frames per second mm -hmm. on all single player stuff until you do like you know like 
a 500 person killing move and then it lags yeah. to like but then when you play sometimes, co-op it's pretty much like 30 or below the whole time so. sometimes that's okay sometimes, sometimes sometimes it's a little satisfying actually when you get a when you kill so many things when you that do it something drops frames. yeah yeah like <laughs> it's like I, I don't know falcon punching the screen so hard it blows up or something like when oh. you see that you have done something so debilitating that the game yeah. itself cannot yeah. handle how awesome you about. are uh-huh. it's it feels kind of empowering i i know exactly what you're talking about i follow uh this streamer on twitch named uh, lethal frag mm-hmm. and he did this like two-year live stream challenge and one of his things that he did often was play risk of rain and in one of the risk of rain like he he highlighted this clip from his his stream he gets uh i forgot what the move was i think it's like oh it was it's either the head stompers or he did like some sort of like finisher move but there is so many enemies on screen and he's like in a place where they just can't reach him <laughs> and he he lets off this like f- like super move and it lags down to like one <laughs> FPS, and it just hits so many enemies, it hits so like many more things. than it was ever intended to ever right, hit. Right. The sound becomes just like a buzz. It just goes like it's like a few explosions, and then you just hear like, and then like, it, uh, it's crazy. it's so satisfying watching the game just like fall apart for a few seconds, and then like. I think it's like 15 seconds it just sits like that and then it settles and everything's gone and he's just standing there alone and it's so funny. Gosh. Nice. Wow. So um let's see. I'm also still chipping away at my wasteland replay and like oh, yeah. How's that I going? cannot believe it like just how revisiting how different the first and second halves of this game are. Like really? I don't even know how much I tolerated it the first time, well, one and a half really, but the first time through <laughs> I was um just spending so much time walking back and forth like now that i know what to do and how to make that process a little faster i'm mm. still spending a a shitload of time just clicking one end of the map and watching my little dudes run over there for like geologic time while the oceans close up and mountain ranges form around them Damn. and then uh once they get there and talk to whoever need to talk to i click on the other side of the map and follow it over again there's this uh one of the starter towns, and way back when I first started talking about this game, I think three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, I had not yet reached this uh, this town, but it's a camp of um, uh, kind of like tribal type folks who have two uh, main families inside of this camp, and they both are feuding with one another. Uh-huh. And uh, there's, there's a little bit of no man's land between where the two of them set up camp around the same general localized area. Uh-huh. But you have to do just so much back and forth talking from from one leader of one camp all the way to another back again at oh, least wow. like That's three or four around. times to complete the, the quest that they're supposed to... Uh, relate to and it's not part of the main quest but i mean you can't just let that stuff slide you know you have to finish the side quests you just you Mm -hmm. just gotta you can't you can't (laughs) you can't skimp on it otherwise you're cheating yourself but um like besides that i'm still kind of amazed at how how time consuming it can be even when you know what to do i think the game has a serious problem with its loot crate placement and i never Uh would have noticed this was a thing unless i had spent so much time on it but there are a shitload of loot crates in this game that don't have that much of value in it 
Uh-huh. But you can't let that slide. You have to get the loot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, unlocking them and, and getting that loot can be a huge process because they're very liberal with the trap placement and the lock placements. So you have to go through the skill checking and disarming process for a lot uh-huh. of them to get something of little value. But it's still value. Yeah. Like, like yeah, the economy is hard here in the wasteland. You got to you got to scavenge whatever you can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I still I still love it, though. Like, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I can't wait to... Uh, I already know what my uh, plans for my third real replay are going to be. This one, oh, wow. I'm doing, like, charisma, non-violent type characters. But the next one is going to be one save only. Uh-huh. If I die, I die forever and have to start all the way over again. Final Damn. destination, Fox only. <laughs> and I, I can't wait, because the game is actually tailored really well for that style of plays. Because um, mm-hmm. you have seven different party members you can control at any one time and that's actually usually uh, kind of right right like um in the old style of Baldur's gate and whatnot you just kind of click and drag around this huge bundle of walking people it's this motley mess of a crew of uh different skills and Mm -hmm. combat abilities around the map but it's usually overkill for most of the combat encounters um which are still kind of tough but can be made through it with like four like you Mm -hmm. have four who you're kind of supposed to always fall back on who you create and the other three are npcs you gather out in the world and they are very liberal with how many of them are out in the world so if uh there's permadeath so if one of your original party members or one of the npcs companions dies you can very easily replace them which uh, mm-hmm. makes me really want to see what it's like to have to adapt my play style and, and my inventory management uh, on uh, the whims of unlucky combat encounters. Because ah. right now, like, if you do save scum around that, you're entirely uh, kind of nixing yourself of that opportunity. Right. To, it kind of uh, takes away the uh, it takes away the experience a little bit, right? Yeah, that like that high difficulty and having to adapt to it in an unpredictable situation kind of it's a story that the yeah. game is telling about you and how you're playing it that you just kind of mess up if you quick save and quick load around it, which I've always been doing, but I'm trying to cut down on that less with this one. But still, uh-huh. I still recommend it. It's just it's it's as frustrating and as endearing about it as it has been in previous weeks. I mm-hmm. think now that I've finally hit the 90 hour mark, though, I'm oh, finally gosh. starting That's crazy. to uh, have my fill. <laughs> Damn. That's, but if it's yeah. been good for this many hours, like I can't yeah, I can't true. say no. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. When mm-hmm. you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Anyways. Has uh, anything else been going on in our lives? Ooh, um, I just thought of something. To... Okay, go for oh, it. Um, I'm trying to have regular weekly fight nights at my apartment Ooh. now. Yeah, yeah, fighting game nights. Um, oh, for good. the past two two weeks, and I plan to do it on a third tomorrow. Actually, mm-hmm. I've had oh, a bunch wow. of friends over, and we've played like Smash and Dive Kick and and Street dive Fighter, so Third fun. Strike. I really <laughs> got into it this year. Like I hated it last year, and I made it. Have you played Needhog? Mm-mm. Oh Need my god! I should, I should incorporate that one you into totally our have weekly to. It schedule. It's so high energy, but it's so much fun if you're going to do that. <laughs> where, yeah. where you're like zip zop zopping around yep. the map, yeah. all back and forth at super it's, fast yeah. speeds. It's so quick, but it's it's really really funny. I think the the only flaw that I s- sorry, there's a uh, motorcycles in Redondo Beach. If you <laughs> haven't anyway, the only flaw that I see in Needhog is that there isn't an option 
to be able to turn off the advance arrow if you haven't gotten a kill. You know oh, what I mean? Oh yeah. Because like, in like the a, a good player can get one kill and then run to the end. Yes. And like e even like against like the best player, they can just like deftly outmaneuver them. Yeah. Def deftly is what I meant. Deftly. Not deft. <laughs> uh, they can just like deftly outmaneuver them, and then it kind of like takes away the fun. And like if you have like an honor rule where like. The person responds you have to kill them then that's fine but <laughs> if that was like a like an actual gameplay mechanic rule that would be much better because i want to like force people to fight and like yeah. make it a struggle instead of like a who can run to the end faster yeah, yeah. You know? if they focused on it really actually being more about fencing rather yeah. than just kind of running away yeah right. i completely agree with that i've mm -hmm. always wondered how it controls because i've seen a lot of footage of this game that looks like the players are both pulling off some crazy intricate stuff at really fast speeds mm -hmm. but uh like like what do they have mapped to your inputs for those moves for you're talking need talk still yeah yeah um well i mean like it's it's a context heavy sort of control scheme like if you hold down you're just gonna crouch or if you hold down when you're moving you're gonna roll and then mm, halfway okay. through the roll you're gonna lose momentum and it's gonna become a sliding crouch and then it's just gonna become a crouch and then like uh, if you like hold down and swing, but you don't have a sword, you'll like sweep the leg. And if you like jump and hit, you'll do like a dive kick. And it's like, I don't know. There's like a lot of stuff you can do. You can wall jump in like very specific parts of the game. And mm -hmm. like, I've used that to like pull off some pretty fun, like, like, oh moments. Like, yeah. where you're like, oh, <laughs> and like you kill your opponent. Like, the oh, a lot of fun stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, one of my favorite things in that game is when your opponent throws their sword and then you just like like idly like move your sword up one notch and block <laughs> yes. it and then they're like oh well then <laughs> so that's an oh moment yeah. not an oh yeah there's, moment. there's different oh moments <laughs> varying degrees of oh uh if you haven't incorporated lethal league into that night you should do that too yeah, I was actually that's higher on the priorities list than Nidhogg actually I mean um, uh, yeah the, yeah I agree with that <laughs> Cause, cause I can play it with you, and uh, I would like to be able to do that. But um, yeah, tomorrow night we'll see. I uh, hope it streams well. That's another thing. Um, is it just me? I don't know if you guys do this either, mm. but um, Steam in-house streaming seems to have gotten better over the past uh, update or two. I've been able to get King of Fighters out there in the living room from mm. my desktop computer in here, uh, okay. and it's actually playable. Right, I. When you said streaming, I, I just assumed Twitch automatically. No, but no, no. Yeah, I, it didn't I, I work what well for now. me when I tried it, but that was a couple months ago. You might want to do know. it again. I think yeah. it has a lot to do with with both the game and also how uh, well they're <laughs> they're updating latency issues. But um, I I think a huge difference actually has to do with whether or not the game's in DirectX 9 or not for some reason. Huh. Weird. I, I think streaming cannot do direct... or Steam in-house streaming can't do DirectX 9 games well at all. Because I remember mm. trying to uh, do Dark Souls didn't work, but Dark Souls 2 worked fine. Oh, that's weird. And, uh, you know, Dark Souls is DX9, and I think Dark Souls 2 is DX11. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also still won't stream Telltale games well for some reason, and I don't know for sure if they're still using an old version of DirectX for, for rendering those things, because, I mean, they're not exactly demanding games. Right. But um, the sound comes through really, really crackly on uh, on the living weird. room computer. That's rough. But for some reason, uh, 
dive kick, King of Fighters has made it out there just fine. Huh. That's, I don't know. That's I especially think... impressive for a fighting game, which requires yeah, a lot more. Yeah. Like... like, I can play King of Fighters online on their online modes, and it will feel terrible. But if I play it out on the streaming on the couch, I can get used to it fairly quickly. I won't notice it after a minute or two. That's, I mean, that's pretty tight. That's yeah. uh, interesting information. I don't know if I'll ever use it because I don't think I have the ability to stream my Steam to anything. Because I, I just have like a regular ass TV, but I don't know. Well, if you ever have like a laptop or something, you can hook up to it. That'll work. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. And in my case, it's a really, really old HTPC from like 2007 mm-hmm. that can't run anything on it unless it's like streaming from somewhere else, <laughs> which is why even like 2D games like like mm-hmm. Spelunky, freaking Spelunky won't run well <laughs> on this computer. Spelunky oh, wow. will bring my living room computer to its knees unless I stream <laughs> it. So I actually do use it a lot and I'm really happy to see see fighting yeah, games working well for in-home streaming hmm. definitely gotta give it oh the, god uh, give it give it the the real frame test with uh lethal league though oh i okay okay On the reactionary frames get the ball up to past a thousand and then if if i buy a new game tomorrow night it's either gonna be Skullgirls or lethal league and uh I'm hoping that, that the group agrees on Lethal League, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to give him some incentive, Lethal League has two packs and four packs for cheaper. Mm. Mm. So that's some good incentive. That is. That is. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking <laughs> of, of free stuff, actually, this was going to be a really, really late news topic, but I want to say it now before it goes out of date. Um, okay. EA is giving away Dragon Age Origins for free. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're just giving it away. Um, it's part of that. They call it like on the house or something. I think. Didn't they just oh, do this that is with on the Sims? Origin? Yeah, they did it with Sims 2, like a 100 percent complete all, not DLC because that was. Right. But whatever expansion pack Sims 2 came out for it, they included it all and were like, here you go. This is for Origin, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's the catch. Yeah. Like, you would be surprised when I post these things on Twitter, how many responses that I get that are like, oh, no, it's Origin. Thanks, <laughs> but no. Well, I mean, like, I have Origin because I have Titanfall. And yeah. Yeah, like, they're, like, they're like two games. It's Battlefield for me. But I mean, like, <laughs> I have I got Dead Space for free on Origin when I like I like open, got Origin so I can get Titanfall. And then that day they were like, by the way, Dead Space is free. And I was like. Well, I mean, I'm oh, here. I yeah. might as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I was around for that, actually. Like, because I already have um, Dead Space 1 and 2 on my Steam. Mm-hmm. But um, I have The Sims 2, actually, also. But I don't have The Sims 2 Complete. Whoa. Which is, like, Sims 2 with, with I don't know how many gigabytes of stuff they must have made for that game. But they're giving it away for free. Yeah. All you got to do is download Origin. and, and yeah. But people are still like, no. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and to be fair, Origin's not very intrusive. I've At noticed least, that. Like, as far as I can tell, it's like, like, it's no worse than Steam. Like, it, it's worse in the fact that it's EA and it's like a different thing. And it is but like, taking up space and resources on your computer. Right. But that's like the real caveat. The actual yeah. utility of the program is at least on par or better than Steam. Like, it's less bloated of a piece of software. Yeah. And you can opt out of updates. And, right. um occasionally they give away hey, free stuff and hey you could play titanfall yeah 
Well, I actually really yeah, like Titanfall. Uh, that, that's like what fun. I was saying. But that's what I was saying <laughs> earlier. There's like two or three games that you may oh, have yeah. origin on your computer for. And other than that, it just if if it was possible for software to accumulate dust, origin <laughs> would be accumulating cyber dust. Well, yeah, <laughs> Titanfall would actually be accumulating dust for me right now. I haven't yeah. played it in months. Anyways, I don't know if this deal is going to still be up. I'm looking right now, and it is still up right now, but they are giving away Dragon Age Origins for free, which is a game I really enjoyed. 110 Age, hours. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was just going to say to to negative it. Dragon Age is oh, way too long for me. Negative it? I can't. Negative it? I don't know. You know, like, yeah, it's yeah. not my, like, uh, there, there are very few games that I want to put that much time into. Like, I'm not a huge fan of games with, like, required 40 plus hour time limits on them. I don't know. I, I feel like that's the kind of game that Dragon it, Age it is. It like, depends the kind like, of game for me. Like, even, like, okay, I love, like, Fallout and Oblivion and Skyrim and stuff just mm-hmm. because, like, you can just stop. Like, <laughs> there's, the you can, like, do random quests and that's, like, fulfilling enough. Like, there's not this, like, the main quest is probably the least interesting part of the whole game, to be honest. And so, like, the game stops whenever you feel like stopping. But I feel like game like Dragon Age is more main story driven. And so, uh, if you don't finish it, you don't get, like, the experience you want out of it. Yeah, at least yeah. from a from a because because you gotta you gotta catch up with low gain and restore, you know, justice to the kingdom and whatnot. Right, right. Other, the, otherwise, the people are gonna suffer. Yeah, gray. War- the, the, the gray warden. <laughs> yeah, has to, those... I'm trying to remember because it came out in like 2008. I had a friend nine. who was obsessed with Dragon Age, so I I just know like fallout information from i loved him. it like i loved it people have been telling me to avoid the second game like the plague <laughs> so i've been avoiding it but i remember i have good memories with the first one so uh check it out if you are into really really long rpgs <laughs> google uh dragon age origins on the house and you might be able to snag it you just gotta yeah. install origin yeah wah, wah, i <laughs> and guess then you gotta play it on origin yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I guess uh, we have a lot of other news topics, actually, to get through this week, because unlike mm-hmm. last week, stuff happened like uh, like now that now that people have relaxed after TGS is closed down, they're like, hey, guys, let's do things in the video game industry that uh, are, are cool and nasty both. So mm-hmm. uh, we will talk about them after these messages. I think we should attack from the land. No, no, no. Strike from the air. Well, that's just plain silly. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Stop it. No. You stop it. You stop it. No, you stop it. Oh, you stop it. You stop it. A fierce arsenal is at your fingertips as you attack from above and below using dual screen combat. Advance Wars Dual Strike, only for Nintendo DS. Ready to eat for everyone. Stop. Stop it. Now you've done it. Hey guys, what's up? It's Alex here. I just want to talk to you guys about our Patreon over at That One Video Gamer. It's a really important way that we get support from you guys. And, you know, if you've been listening for a long time and it's something that you want to do to just support us and keep us going with a little bit extra that you can toss our way each week, that helps us a lot. And uh, in return, you get all kinds of cool rewards and prizes. So if that sounds like something that you can afford and something that you want to do, awesome. Head over to patreon.com slash thatonevideogamer and sign up. Uh, there's a bunch of different tiers and all kinds of just cool stuff to do, and it, and it really helps. So thanks a lot. Talk to you guys later. Have an awesome day. 
So as fellow YouTubers, mm -hmm. I, uh, I will disclose that I have received a couple of incredibly shady brand deal offers <laughs> from um, hmm. Russian games I've never heard of before okay. that looked like super shady, not just as offers, but also as games. Okay. However, the big story this week is uh, that Shadow of Mordor was apparently getting up to those same shenanigans of... Uh, paying and uh, sponsoring YouTubers to make coverage of their games, in which, yeah. in this case, it had to be positive coverage. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Um, so, in, in this week's Jimquisition, I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys watch those things or not. I, I but, did not uh, this week. Yeah, Jim Sterling broke this, this news along with Total Biscuit. I think they were the, two, the first two big people to talk about how, apparently, if you were to get an early pre-release review copy of Shadow of Mordor, and if you were a video content producer, such as mm -hmm. a YouTuber, you would right. have to agree to, quote, persuade viewers to buy game, quote, yeah. mm. have a strong call to action, quote, be of sufficient length to feature gameplay and build excitement, promote positive sentiment about the game, not show bugs or glitches that may exist. And this is really weird, is yeah. not mention the Lord of the Rings or Hobbit movies, characters or books, yeah. which is especially weird because this isn't it based off of um, the same IP properties as the books rather than it, the it's, movies? Or, uh, it's yes. its own story, but the problem is, is that it says, like, I could see, like, books and movies, but they also included characters, but there are characters from the Lord of the Rings movies and books in the game. Like, pre-established ones. Yeah, that? but that's because um, they share the same universe. But Yeah, I, it is the same universe. I, I'm I saying know, it like, didn't, like, pull the story from th the book This is or some, something. like, confusing Marvel shit. Is it, like, a different continuity within the same universe? Is it a multiverse now? Uh, is, no, is it's Middle just Earth supposed to be, like, it's supposed to be, like, this one guy's own story that's, like, happening, mm -hmm. but, like, isn't, doesn't affect, like, the Lord, like, the Fellowship of the Ring series or the Hobbit, like, one book that became four movies um but like okay my thoughts on this is like it's weird that there's this kind of like different standard though like i understand it um like you can you can like a, a company can hire like you know very high paid uh like sports person right to like promote their product and they'll be in their commercials and they'll probably say stuff that they don't agree with or care about and be like yeah. go buy these shoes they like, make me like jump how higher. forrest gump always right. uses the the whipsy waddle ping pong paddle you know whatever yeah, yeah, yeah whatever stuff whatever. like that and that's like that's just like known as like a sponsorship and that's fine and then but like i know this is different because it is people that are technically be like posting journalism of some of a of a sort at least of a sort right that's right. that's the difference yeah is it and athletes typically aren't looked upon as like an expert right. for uh, informing yourself of the happenings of the world. Like maybe an expert of their particular craft and sport, but not necessarily yeah. a like general news reporter, which I yeah. guess is the, uh, the blanket of journalism that maybe a YouTuber would fall into. I don't really know. It's weird, but yeah. I still don't like this. I think this is gross. It makes yeah, me go you. shouldn't have done an agreement if they wanted people to feature certain things. Like, I thought the Nemesis system sounded really cool. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the way it works out. It sounds really neat in conception. Well, it did get very positive reviews, which makes this all the more dubious. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, why would they, they didn't have to need, worry about they that? They apparently didn't need shady marketing. The game reviewed yeah. very well. I don't know if it's selling well or not. I guess we won't know for about another 
entire week. But um, people like it. People like it regardless of these garbage PR tactics <laughs> that yeah, they're trying like, to market it with. Like, I, I personally, um, just because I think that a lot of YouTubers aren't really actually like journalists they're hobbyists who like to talk their opinions about things yes. and they may or may not be like well researched or well respectable opinions i feel like paying somebody to review your game i'm not sure if that's a bad thing but definitely payment with things like you cannot talk about bugs or glitches it's no longer a review then yeah. it's like a showcase i don't i don't yeah, like it either be way dishonest not to disclose something like that uh, yeah, like, and like, like full disclosure would be like definitely like a necessity. Yes. My but. my whole deal, my whole like ideological utopian vision is is YouTube being a legit outlet for journalism. Right. In which case this is like clearly not supposed to be part of that job. And that's why yeah. it scares the shit out of me actually, is mm -hmm. because as trying to make more informative rather than entertaining content, this scares the shit out of me. Because that means if I don't agree to this bullshit of of sugarcoating the game, even if it's good yeah. What if it's then not? You're not going to get a review then, copy. Then, yeah, and that's going to put me behind on the release schedule. Although that doesn't affect me right now, but it affects the big outlets a lot. Yeah, like could, like if like if Game TV. Informer had to deal with this shit, then uh, <laughs> then the, it would be a very different business than it is. Yeah, well, like like people hate game journalists, right? Right now, right. but um, like I don't necessarily know if YouTube is is a safe haven either. You guys. Yeah, no, that's the no, thing. There's been like a just... sort of YouTube witch hunt going on lately. And I don't know, like, okay. I I want to preface the statement that I made a few minutes ago by the fa like the fact that I'm not an expert. I'm definitely not learned in like journalism or anything. So, like maybe what I said is like completely stupid, but uh, yeah. like um I don't know, like cuz I I see getting a review copy of a game in some instances practically almost as payment just because right. like so like i like i know plenty of youtubers who are like oh my gosh man i can't believe it but like nintendo sent me this game and like they're more excited over the fact that they get to play the game yeah. like a month early than they are of like like being taken seriously as a as a journalist like a journalist or like a you know a credible source or whatever they're just like they're excited that they get to play the game because they're a fan of mm, that mm -hmm. like yeah. whatever and you know it's not just like with nintendo but it could be from anything i mean i know that's how i felt when uh when nicholas sent me a review copy of uh 1001 spikes i was like oh my gosh I get to play this game a month early. And I remember, this is crazy. Like, like, you were struggling not to talk about it <laughs> while, yeah, I while was. it was under embargo. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, but, I mean, like, hopefully... Oh, God. I hate how that is um, both seen as a concept, as uh, review copies being payment, but yeah. I hate the idea of it being payment enough because you can't go buy your food with, with spare review copies. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Oh, God, I absolutely hate how some of the smaller no-name websites out there have completely unpaid staffs who use that logic. They're like, well, you'll get paid in free games. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that you can make a job out of it that you can take fairly seriously. Yeah, because and, if you've uh, got to do an honest review, you've got to put enough time into it, and then you have yeah. to put time into making the review. And time and is money. And yeah. not, only, not only that, but, like, when you are getting... Like, when you're doing a review, like to be paid for like when when if you're going to like a site like that and it's like well a blank indie company sent us blank indie game and we want you to be the person who writes the article on it like that's no longer is the game like 
quote unquote payment for you because like what if you don't even care or want you're, to you're play spending that game? money on the game yeah you're spending yeah. time on it true. right like <laughs> you're eating food and leaving the power on while you play it <laughs> yeah so there you go so yeah i don't know i mean i, I don't know it's, i did a review of hyrule warriors this past mm-hmm. weekend i put it up on monday and i think i have a tendency i can be overly critical of things but mm-hmm. if i like something i tend to go on about the things i liked about it so even when i had in my mind okay i don't like one of the controls in this game so i'm going to say that's the one downfall i didn't like i didn't even think to bring it up mm-hmm. but someone said i wish you would have been a little bit more critical in your game or in your mm-hmm. review and i thought yeah, I guess the things I'm looking for, though, when I'm criticizing a game have to be about bugs or glitches. So, and that's just sort of one of the things, if it's going to affect the gameplay or break it in any way, it would be something that's really detrimental to it. Mm-hmm. So for someone to say you can't do that, I don't know. It's just really dishonest. Mm, yeah, it's Just like, to withhold telling people why the game is terrible. Well, yeah, like, like definitely, I mean... I, I speak from a position of being a YouTuber who reviews games who's never gotten, like, a real, like, 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 take our game and review it. Like, I've gotten that from, like, some smaller indies and then, I like, definitely the Nicholas video and stuff. But I've never been, like, like, Ubisoft never, like, came to me and said, like, play this new game that we, we got or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't really say that I'm... <laughs> I like am able to speak from a position on that but like if I was ever to get offered something like this some sort of brand deal of sorts if they said don't showcase glitches or don't like don't talk about like a, a part of the game that you may have an honest opinion about that we don't want known like forget it yeah, that's, that that's be, a deal breaker yeah because that is dishonest mm-hmm. yeah and one thing that I was actually really worried about what I am actually really worried about these days mm-hmm. is the quality of the PC port of the evil within which I put a um, review request in I'm really eager to see how both that game turns out and the uh, system requirements are making me a little uh, uh, a little a little apprehensive they're mm-hmm. they're asking for a lot here and the game from what I've seen doesn't necessarily look like it should be asking for a lot I guess I won't really know until it's in front of my face but mm-hmm. we're gonna need 50 gigabytes hard drive space one gigabyte VRAM and um that's that, that that's that's a lot of, of gigabytes that is a lot that is a yeah. huge game yeah. um well and that's the thing like it's you know a third person Why survival is it such horror a big game? i don't know uh you can have it's, my it's, extra requirements because i would never play that game it's it tech <laughs> and i like five. bethesda it, well, I mean, technically it's Tango Gameworks, but well, the, the, the difference is Bethesda is really trying to kind of uh, push id Tech 5 these days. Like they used to own or they do own id, even though uh-huh. it really isn't much of anything anymore. Um, <laughs> but they they had uh, Carmack working with them while he developed id Tech 5 and they want to push it out on a lot of games and kind of market it as a more usable platform than it may be. First mm-hmm. game to come out with it was Rage, which had a whole lot of issues with texture streaming during its first few iterations until they patched it out. But with id Tech 5, you're making a lot of compromises to get some um, semblance of optimization out of it. Right. Uh, the, the compromise... One compromise is hard drive space. Like, I remember Rage was something like 27 gigabytes, which was a lot of gigabytes in 2011. I recently was playing through Wolfenstein The New Order, which is also a Tech 5. That was a 47 gigabyte download, uh-huh. which oh, wow. uh, is is about in line with, with the evil within here. And um, 
there's this a whole lot of issues with texture streaming. The the trick, <laughs> the main trick in the gimmick is a mega texture, which compiles all of the texture data into one smile file that smoothly uh, filters the sharpness of the textures in, depending on what angle you're looking at in the game mm-hmm. world. So if you turn fast, you can see them kind of phasing in as your character turns their head around, mm-hmm. which is not good for first-person shooters, especially right. on PC. You might not notice this on the console versions because they'll um, playtest it at max sensitivity settings to make sure that uh, they're buffering this texture in fast enough to keep up with the controller speed, but on the mouse, you can just wiggle it, zigzagging it all over the place. And yeah. And yeah. look at a blurry mess until like a few half second later, it'll look like a sharp mess. <laughs> and so I've actually really wanted to see a developer use a third person camera, a slow moving third person camera on an EdTech 5 game, because you can cram a lot of detail into a very small shot with it, mm-hmm. with uh, the optimization that does come from the mega texture. It just comes with caveats. It's not easy on your hard drive space. And apparently it requires a lot of VRAM because there's a lot of a lot of texture data getting streamed in and out as your character literally turns their head yeah Whew. um so yeah i'm i'm worried kind of i had some some janky tech issues with both games that have used this engine and judging by the requirements it looks like there might be some drama when this game comes out on pc i'm surprised there was not a lot of drama for the alien isolation pc release really yeah, like I think I remember saying that. Like I predict there to be drama this week in the news, but uh, but that wasn't the case. People apparently have been saying good things about its optimization, which coming from Creative Assembly, maybe they learned something from from their <laughs> entire company history of launching buggy uh, buggy Total War games. Hopefully, well, that's a know. that's a good sign. I do want to pick that pick up and play that game. Isolation <laughs> looks really good. Yeah, I want to get it someday. Like, and since I, I would be getting it on PC, that's good news for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's uh, well-optimized. My hardware is just now starting to go out of date, which makes me scared about having to play things in a higher resolution now on this new monitor. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'm I'm kind of sort of getting ready to expect the worst out of my aging graphics card. It's from, like, 2010, I think. But uh-huh. I like I like how it's been able to last me that long so far. Um, Speaking yeah. of, of issues of graphics and fidelity and frames and resolutions... There is drama related to that for the upcoming release of Assassin's Creed Unity. Mm-hmm. In a recurring segment that we should maybe call Ubisoft is bad at explaining tech, um, <laughs> they had a conversation with Vincent Pombriand. Um, I, I can't tell I if this is supposed to be a Canadian-French Ubisoft name or not. But um, <laughs> a guy named Vincent uh, was right. talking with a reporter for videogamer.com and said that they are going to be forcing, implementing, I guess, whichever verb you want to use, console parity for the PS4 and Xbox One versions of AC Unity, mm-hmm. which uh, seeing as how previous installations in the series and previous games on both platforms sometimes run at a higher resolution on the PlayStation 4. Usually they're neck and neck, but if there is a differential between multi-platform titles, it generally ends in favor of the PS4. Mm-hmm. People, especially people on NeoGAF for some reason, are super duper angry about the PS4 not having a uh, technological edge for this game. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's expected, I think. <laughs> I guess, I guess. The, the wording he used, though, is the funny part. <laughs> Where um, he says, Vincent Pontbriand, that's not how you pronounce it, but he says, <laughs> we decided to lock them at the same specs to avoid all the debates and stuff. 
the debates and the stuff. The debates and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, um, apparently, Assassin's Creed can't handle the console wars, which is funny because AC4 ran at 1080p on PS4 and 900p on Xbox One. And mm-hmm. no one really complained, I guess. People just uh, don't like hearing Ubisoft be bad at explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> so the theory is that they want it to be the same on both consoles to avoid the debates and stuff, which I guess really means avoid pissing off fans of either platform. Um, yeah, that that seems like the explanation to me. I don't know. I think I said earlier about how I can, uh, can tolerate lower frame rates and slower-paced games and... Uh, I don't know, for a console, I'm just, uh, I don't really know how much I sympathize with the cause here. <laughs> yeah. AC4 I don't know. I mean, runs... The, the whole console wars thing <clears throat> is is far beyond me. I don't... No. I, I, ju- I just don't like it. I, I, I get it. I just don't like... Well, well, the, I'm not the, part of it anymore. The, the, the anger you're proud is, is something that you play games on, though. Why I think is it something more, to be aggressive about? I think it's it's more that you're proud <laughs> of something that cost you it. a lot of money. Yeah. Like I was talking about having to rationalize <laughs> this expensive monitor earlier by maybe yeah. thinking 120 frames is better than it may actually be, but I think a lot of that comes into it. Like kids get one console instead of the other, they start missing out on on things that their other friends might be experiencing, mm. and they have to uh, rationalize their their own limitations somehow yeah which uh, that's how i remembered it happening back when it was like the, the genesis versus snes uh-huh. like i don't know i was of... never aware of it though up until <laughs> recently that was even a thing and, and i'm surprised that it's still going on yeah. actually um eh, eh. anyways i guess uh what we have to learn here is that if you play either version of the game, you are literally getting the same exact experience as everyone uh, else on the other well, at least they tried next to keep gen it platform. Fair. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that's why <laughs> I can't really sympathize. Like, I mean, it's not technically downgraded from anything other than the PC. I mean, it, it's not wrong that they're um, angry about them not maybe using the the better tech of the PS4 to get an edge, but it's still. Right. I don't know. I, I, I'm not like, oh, no, think of the children. <laughs> the game's still going to play fine. And, I mean, really, you're on a console. You don't have a say in the matter. <laughs> there it goes. God damn it. I'm becoming one of those people, aren't I? The PC elitists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't, like, turn off post-processing and bump up resolution if you wanted. That's that's up to them. That's up to Vincent Pontbriand here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, speaking of of Unity, did you hear mm, that whole mm. that whole thing going on about how they uh, s- supposedly quote rewrote six million lines of code to include crouching in Unity, Assassin's Creed Unity? Uh, no, I, I did not hear that one. Six million lines of code. Yeah, or was six it six thousand? Wow. Six million. That's a lot. Quote is six million. <laughs> I guess it uh, depends on how much you think about what a code means. Like, are these are they technically talking about like what each frame of the crouching animation is worth when when compiled into whatever coordinate data the model is made out of of that particular frame? Here, let me let me let me read you off a little bit from one of the articles that oh boy. mentions it. Uh, <laughs> see, up until now, Assassin's Creed games have been contextual, where players were allowed to hide in haystacks or among a group of monks, but not crouch behind fixtures. Apparently, this behavior is so entrenched in the engine's core, the development team had to rewrite huge portions of, to enable player-controlled crouching. And then there's a quote from, from Alex Amancio, Ubisoft Studios creative director. 
Quote, the engine was, I mean, we rewrote like six million lines of code for this. It's not a joke. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. he, he might not be wrong. Like, like if you actually listed the coordinates of every vertice of the model of every frame of the crouch animation. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't maybe? know. It just that like, I don't know how much code goes into a big triple A game, but six million lines seems ludicrous in anything he might he might just be trying to play it up for the marketing yeah yeah i mean like to make it seem like it was a lot more work for them to have to go through (laughs) right yeah well you know it's a lot more work for them to like change genders and stuff and yeah i mean let alone imagine how many more millions (laughs) imagine Mm -hmm. how many more millions of lines of code they would have had to rewrite for that just to be able to to get a girl to crouch characters (laughs) yeah it's it's extra work you guys these eyelashes there are 40 million thousand lines of code Million thousand. <laughs> Millions of crazy, thousands. Crazy Canadian Sorry, units. that was my Canadian French accent. No, I got it. I got <laughs> I it. I hope it's, I don't offend any of you guys. It's, it's okay. You're like the least offensive person I know. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you sounded actually genuinely happy about hearing that, too. Oh, no. I mean, that's a nice thing. That's a nice thing to hear, though. That you're the least offensive person. I suppose. I suppose says, says the person who gets title. my name wrong every every podcast. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I don't care. Okay. Okay. It's, been, it's literally been my whole life. It's not something I'm not used to. Anyways, um, actually, you know, before yeah, we move on from yeah. that, that bled into my YouTube comments recently. Someone commented on one of my videos, and they were like, "Wow, great job, Jimmy!" And then in quotes. Name that cannot be pronounced by George on the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! That's funny. Really? <laughs> yeah. People are like, "Oh god, I'm so sorry." <laughs> that like, I literally don't care. I just people tease you are it's bugging funny to you, you for for something <laughs> that I'm terrible at. You do not deserve that, my friend. It's no, it's fine because that's better than <laughs> and that's I better am than fault. It, th- that comment is like ten times better than "lol looks like Skrillex." <laughs> or, <laughs> <laughs> that one is literally daily, so I'm used okay. to it. Okay. Well, anyways, um, I got no segue for this. I got nothing. Hey, guys, do you remember Mist? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I, I, I mean, Mist. I know what it is. Mist is uh, going to come back. The comeback is real. Variety Dang. is reporting that a transmedia franchise development agreement has been signed between uh, Mist creators, Rand and Robin Miller, and Legendary Entertainment. They're going hmm. to try to make a TV series out of it and also have a tie-in video game come out for it. Hmm. Uh, that could be terrible. <laughs> yeah, because because the actual storyline of Mist isn't it about like trans dimensional time traveling robots falling in love or something? Isn't that Doctor Who? I don't know. It's been Ayo. a while. I mean, yeah, that's no, missed. it might actually. Trans dimensional time traveling something though, right? <laughs> like I recently I've never played a Mist game. I said, sad to say, I recently watched a friend um, play through about half of it, but I was reading on the couch. Mist so, is so, so difficult. Yeah, it I know. makes you I mean, feel like, so dumb because you have the, to resort the, to a player's guide. The thing about Mist, though, is I like from a a person who's never played it but knows that a lot of people that really love it. It seems like one of those games where it's like this won't translate into an experience that you can watch very no, like definitely not 
Like, well, I mean, I, I, I think there is something going on in the back in the background of the actual story that might be might be interesting. But yeah, I, like, I, I mean, it, it's more doable than Tetris movie. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, like the right. first time my dad actually helped me through it when I was a kid, which I, I barely remember any of it at all because mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And m- the most recent was seeing a friend play through play through about half of the PlayStation version. And he was just uh-huh. alt tabbing out of the of the emulator into oh, uh, walkthroughs on the internet oh, yeah. like with every step and uh yeah <laughs> yeah but i don't know like it doesn't necessarily have to be puzzles like there's a story in there about trans-dimensional time there's traveling story, robots falling in love i think make it missed why not just well, make like, it a regular mystery yeah because like, rand and robin miller need money and mist has brand recognition i feel like They've released enough re- remakes and like HD upgrades of missed games to be fine <laughs> on money, but I also feel like um, there's just like like I guess they don't have to make it puzzles, right? But like the story takes a backseat to solving the puzzles to learn the story. Yes. Like that's uh, the really I like don't know. I don't know. Like you could put like a, a completely asinine story, but like I feel like with the legacy of puzzles that come from Mist, it'd still be like you didn't satisfying <sighs> to figure it all out. You didn't play old adventure games for for the the puzzles, or at least I didn't. Like the I puzzles did. were kind of a nuisance that I put up with in order to <laughs> enjoy. Like Mist is not one of them that I really got into, but a couple of my favorite games are Grim Fandango, Gabriel Knight. And they have awful puzzles, but great storylines with charming, fun characters who have crazy voice acting. I mean, hearing that's sort of like Siberia. Yeah, yeah. Siberia is another. Although it's new, yeah, it's a lot newer than than those. Uh, really oh, I still haven't played that. 90- but, I remember you recommended wait, that like oh, fifteen podcasts ago. J- yes. Jimmy, are you actually mm. saying that you played those games for the puzzles? I, I mean, okay, I can't say I played things like Myst. I did play a lot of puzzle games when I was younger, and well, I did but, play them for the puzzles. But a puzzle game is not an adventure, an old-school bullshit adventure okay. game. An old-school bullshit are, are adventure game is like like, like... like like the modern version of it is like the walking simulator. Like, it's basically the same deal, like a completely... Um, it's kind of kind of passive, but kind of personalized story that you experience through interaction with, with the environment. And uh, I suppose the puzzles were just kind some... of... Yeah. Oh, you know what? Okay, no, no. I, to, I, mm, I don't know. Okay, like, I don't know if this counts. Did you ever okay. play any of those escape games? Um, escape escape the room. Escape, yeah. yeah. Like, like Flash games, right? Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I played a lot of stuff that was like that, oh, which I, I don't and, know. and I never saw the point in those. I, I, like, 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 I, I didn't care about this room. Yeah, I, why why I should I want I to like escape from the room? Well. I mean, like, it's I a like certain puzzle type games, of game. Don't... It's a puzzle uh, game. It's sort of puzzle exploration more than adventure story. So, like, if you like get I... a good story, it's a plus. But I, I like Tetris, just like everyone else <laughs> in the world. I, I, I like the uh, the puzzle esque elements yeah. of a lot of RPG and stealth games. Well, I guess but these I, uh... ones would be adventure puzzle. Then it needs okay. its own category. Okay. I mean, like, I guess I do get what you're saying, though, because as far as, like, modern takes on that stuff goes, like, I really liked uh, uh, Machinarium, and I really liked Botanicula. Oh, I hated that. I, yeah, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, see, like, I didn't like that Machinarium because it was just really, really hard bullshit puzzles. Did you like Limbo? <laughs> it was, it was, uh, yeah, no, uh, I didn't like it that okay, much. Okay, play, okay, 
Did you did you like Machinarium in like any way? I liked the art and the uh, soundtrack. The art is amazing. Okay, but I did not play, like actually playing it. Play Botanicula. Okay. It's by the same guys, Amanita. I, I think and click. I think it's in one of the bundles I bought over the years. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> yeah. in its own bundle. It was in it, the it was in a lot of bundles. bundles. Yeah, but like it had its own bundle that it was named after, and uh, that one is like Machinarium. Only it's not like ridiculously hard. It's not like super vague. It's very pleasant. It's the same kind of art style, but it's plants instead of like machines. <gasps> I have and that game. It's like the best. It's like a three it hour playthrough. Play it. Oh my gosh, you will love it. If okay, there's anybody yeah. who will love it. Definitely. Okay. I, I love I, that's plants. like actually my favorite point and click if, like, if I puzzle play game. through it really? will you play through the Grim Fandango remake when it comes out uh, I'm really interested to see what they do with that because okay. um, uh, like, like it had a yes. lot of bullshit puzzles and, and annoying elements but my god it, it the voice acting and the writing <laughs> is just like so clever and well done it's, it's every line is like hilarious sometimes and then all of a sudden it gets tragic and, and beautifully roller coasters from one one of those Greek masks to the other <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll get I'll give it a shot. If you play Botanicula, I'll play the Grim Fandango remake. Okay, deal. Deal. We shook on it. We shook. We shook virtually. Shook. Yeah. Um, I need a game so to play then. You can play Botanicula as well. Okay, we'll play that together, George. Right. Okay. Um, shook. One more topic. And, they shook uh, on it. This, this has something to do with uh, games that are fun despite bullshit issues and that is pathologic have you guys played pathologic at all i have not no it's really like interesting kind of artsy russian first person shooter slash exploration adventure game about uh being a grimy ill-equipped victorian era doctor trying <gasps> to cure an isolated village of the plague that sounds so cool wow. It is super insane. cool. It is amazing question mark because it's not <laughs> actually that great. Um, it's not? Okay. It's, it's a great idea, but it kind of has a bit of a lackluster execution. I've spent mm. about a couple of years ago, I spent about 40 hours trying to play through it, but I never got to the end. And the thing is, um, it's got your like basic first person shooter WSAD control scheme but most of the gameplay is not necessarily involved with action it's got a lot more uh. to do with with uh trading inside of little economic pop-up menus and also mm -hmm. just walking to people and talking to them through dialogue right. boxes and the thing that really turned me off by the end of it was just the sheer monotony of walking it was a hold <laughs> down w kind of game which uh -huh. I, i'm totally fine with for like two hours if it's like a nice condensed story that begins and ends in two hours but uh pathologic has three campaigns that i think are about 40 hours long each and wow. um wow it's it's a game but it's amazing oh oh okay it's a game all about um like like have you heard the rpg term choice and consequence mm -hmm. yes it, it kind of describes like how the uh um, kind of improvisationally written story will react to player interactions with it. And uh, a lot of games that like super hardcore RPG fans like are games that are written to have kind of inconsequential small player actions uh, blossom into entirely new branches of storytelling later on, like a butterfly effect. <laughs> right. and this is a game all about that. Mm. And um, 
it becomes really, really cool, actually, when you uh, re-experience it from the, this tale about the isolated Russian village dying from the plague from the point of other player or other mm-hmm. characters. I mean, other doctors who come to the town and try to fix it because you end up doing a lot of walking and talking with your other characters uh-huh. who end up kind of uh, putting a spin on your decisions inside of your own parallel universe interacting with theirs. Like it gets really artsy and crazy sometimes and has like absolutely beautiful direction. But um, the translation is awful as well. But I mean, there's some there's some charm (laughs) in that, though. Just the thing that turned me off, though, was was how the gameplay was not very uh, streamlined and did not respect my time at all, because it got a little a little rough holding down W as much as I did. It's uh, <laughs> also the the action that is in there. There is some some shooty action you do with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I won't say who or what, but mm-hmm. it's very very rare and it is also extremely difficult, which is kind of the point because it's uh it's kind of a sad artsy game. But right. it's still uh I'm still really really eager to see how how they go with this remake. It has been successfully kickstarted for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Let me uh mm-hmm. get us an exact number right now. 333,000. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't uh wait to see what they do with it because I think it is an incredibly interesting game, not necessarily necessarily an incredible game and this is their second chance yeah i i hope that the gameplay doesn't play out like their pledge list on the side because that thing is a mess (laughs) (laughs) instead of of doing the common uh, kickstarter thing where it says you get all previous tiers plus it lists off every single thing that you get every single time in every tier so the three thousand dollar tier has like item plus item plus item plus item (laughs) plus item also it's it's like poorly put together like that it's like you get a digital copy of pathologic plus symbol a digital soundtrack plus symbol a digital art book plus symbol and it goes on use commas (laughs) yeah um i mean like I'm just saying, I'm making a little well, joke, well, but it's, it, I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with Ice Pick Lodge at all, but they uh, they aren't exactly they're they like cool ideas. They don't really like uh, polishing them into slick, playable products very well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say is is if their game ends up being as unpolished as this the side of this Kickstarter yeah. then <laughs> it might not be very good but, but, but like I conceptually said, it, it sounds really it's cool still, and it's still like great for if you, if you do want to get into it like even if you don't go all the way through it like I don't regret the time I spent with it it was just mm-hmm. an incredibly apprehensive that incredibly atmospheric um scary terrifying and and kind of a food for thought kind of experience yeah it looks i still listen to the soundtrack it has a fantastic soundtrack this really really weird abstract vocal thing (laughs) going i don't even know how to describe (laughs) it but uh keep keep that in your in your eyes humble listeners keep an eye out for the pathologic remake i'm looking forward to that wow i mean just just scrolling through the kickstarter i'm looking through goals ideas and values <laughs> this is like a this, is a this is a big hook right here the team says we think it's boring to one make someone fight monsters made of pixels and polygons two lie that a super villain is the root of all evil and three lie that you can save the world yeah <laughs> that's uh that's what uh pathologic is about it's about it's humanity heavy. destroying itself mm. because it is oh it's topical yeah oh there we go like <laughs> ebola is is a thing oh, in the gosh. news 
And and uh, you can you can play Pathologic and think about how dumb people are being about containing uh, various highly contagious diseases. Because because uh, Pathologic is is about the evil within within us all and how and that evil is Ebola. Oh, no, it's, it's it's more like I don't know. I just got finished with The Walking Dead. I feel like The Walking Dead kind of preaches a similar message that people are stupid and that's mm. that's going to kill us all someday. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um <laughs> speaking of of people, okay. What's going on on the forums these days? Hey. Hey. We have a Q&A thread up now. Mm-hmm. Uh very modest, but we got a couple of good questions. GTTTTTT asks, yeah. with everyone on the podcast being so busy with reviews, work and other things, how do you find the time to play the video games you want to play uh who wants to go first um i'll go i guess all right um (laughs) basically friday and saturday i are two days and it took me a while to work out a schedule actually that makes sense but um i try to allot those game those days to play what i want to play which doesn't necessarily work out that well because those are the days people want to hang out with me yeah um yeah I know the feeling. Like, like, like the simple truth is that there is not a whole lot of time. Like most of right. the games that I am playing are the ones I'm reviewing, and most of the time I'm not reviewing or playing a game I'm reviewing. I am working my day job. Yeah, that exists. It's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a very uh, overwhelming force in my life that is causing me to delay bunny hop this week. Um, yeah. Anyways, you know, I, I can... I, there's not an easy answer for me. There's not really a. Uh, <laughs> pleasant sounding answer but uh yeah i try to i try to fit in time for counter-strike <laughs> i uh I, that's I right like... you just started a steam curator group didn't you yeah yeah and in the past uh couple of evenings i've set aside a couple hours to play counter-strike with the fans that's cool that's i've nice. always enjoyed that yeah and i can't I do wait that. to do it on my 144 hertz <laughs> to 24 inch 1080p derpa derpa monitor it's gonna be great <laughs> um as for me um i typically saturday and sunday is like my game day uh because those are the days that i actually have off off but the juxtaposition is that i also do like some freelance editing and i also do my own videos so like saturday and sunday are also the best day to do that so like like i don't know i don't my my videos aren't so much reviews as like specific parts of games so i don't have to spend a lot of time pouring into a game to like make one of my videos but it's still there is like a thing where like all right well gotta capture all the specific footage i need for this level so i'm gonna instead of playing a game i want i'm gonna like pretend that i'm playing the game (laughs) new and then like record myself doing Mm. that oh so you Um, have to like deliberately screw up (laughs) yeah a lot of the like a lot of the like stuff in the uh the Shovel Knight episode was like the hardest one to do because it was like, okay, we're like had the script open on the side and then I was like, all right, so I need to fall off of this platform and get hit by that <laughs> and then pretend like I reacted and like, because that, that makes for like compelling footage that goes yeah. along with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I do recently, I've been getting a lot of like smash time in during renders when editing though, because like when you, to like make sure the video looks good and I could like watch it before I export it. I have to render the entire work area. And that takes like 15, 20 minutes. So I can get like one or two smash sessions in and then go back. And I've just been doing that pretty much. So yeah. how about you, Kytales? I am pretty much also on the weekends. Mm. A little yeah. bit in the evenings as well with games I can just pick up and play. I'm playing like I have several games that I've started and I kind of just keep going. 
Mm-hmm. So Nino Cooney is always back there. One of the games I pick up and and do. But yeah, pretty much just weekends and evenings because mm. I like everyone else, you know, full time day job and yeah. YouTube is a hobby. So <laughs> that's, that's a that's, good question that's the to terrible ask. Though. Secret. And you know, <laughs> yeah. an even worse terrible secret is that the day job comes first. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The day job comes before the dream job, which means if they want you to stay overtime, you have to delay bunny hop for a week. <laughs> if your if your monitor breaks, yeah. then you have to kind of double up on both. Yeah, that's that's rough. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, Matt CD two, Matt CD forty two into this question. Yeah, <laughs> asks as pro game reviewer types. Yeah, you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Matt CD forty two. As pro game reviewer types, <laughs> do you think there are some hidden gems of games that get overshadowed by big releases? Yes. Yes. There are definitely. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's lot, like actually. I mean like not uh the rest of the question says like games that come out on the same day as Skyrim or Smash Bros. Yeah. And that's an interesting point because they just announced the Smash Bros. Wii U release date is November twenty first, which is the same day as the new Pokemon <laughs> games. And so it's gonna be funny to see if those positively or negatively affect each other's sales. Um Yeah, that would be I feel interesting. Like yeah, because I feel like only Nintendo would do that too, right? Like, um, like even these small games try not to release the same day as big days. And I, I yeah. know a couple examples actually that I I, for, uh, I forgot what. Well, um, what well, what was it because, that released a week early recently? Um, do you was that Shadows of Mordor that got pushed mm-hmm. up a week early? I don't, I don't think it would be Shadows of Mordor because that's a double triple A, whatever you want to call it. They didn't no, no, put no, a it, lot it into... was a triple A. Oh, a triple A really? recently got like pushed forward a week, and I forgot what it was. But um, it was like it got pushed. Oh, it can't be Shadows of Mordor because it got pushed before Smash Bros. 3DS, and I feel like it just was like we need to get people to buy this before oh, Smash yeah. Brothers takes over, <laughs> and like. Well, isn't it, Smash like, Bros. on the Wii U the November twenty first? Is that just USA? You know, uh, yeah, it actually, might, that's, it might that be affected? Alien Isolation. I, I don't know. Oh, I just did it? a quick Google, and it looked like um, they uh, pushed the release date back a couple days, but maybe not a full week. Okay, mm-hmm. then I, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but uh, um, yeah, uh, that's the other thing that's weird is uh, Smash Bros. Wii U is releasing exclusively in the U.S., for two weeks and then it's on December 6th it's coming so out everywhere else is that to prep for supposed Wii U sales on Black Friday yes I definitely. think so yeah yeah definitely that's a good marketing strategy oh, then so yeah definitely because uh, people are going to be place. buying it for Christmas and yeah because <laughs> Black America is the only, the day the only dumb place that has Black Friday yeah. <laughs> I am not looking forward to Black Friday because I'm I'm going to have a few hundred of my dollars going away then. Like, if I do buy a Wii U, that's probably going to be it. But I need a bigger hard drive. I have a 200 gigabyte hard drive, and I don't know how that's, I've lasted on it this long. Yeah, how have you lasted on that? I have a Because I don't I like terabyte spending hard drive money, I... except it's unless it's for this monitor, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just why. surprised that with, like, eight, what would you say, like 90 hours of... of uh of wasteland wasteland yeah they but i didn't record those 90 hours yeah 200 gigabytes wow yeah that is really small because i'm thinking oh, oh my god mine's gotta be okay, mine's guys. gotta be smaller than that mine's 931 <laughs> what Dang. that's yeah. fine that's perfectly yeah. fine that's a that's a respectable oh no yeah drive. i was assuming i was going to have mine smaller since 
PC isn't my main gaming mm. What? No. Oh my god. I wow. I must have the smallest hard drive in, <laughs> in the nation then. <laughs> yeah, it's smaller okay. than Okay, cuz that sounds like a lot to me. That sounds huge to me. Yeah, it is. It's it's a lot. I and mean, it's a lot to me too, but 200 gigabytes sounds huge to me. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, anyways, to answer anyway. your question, Matt CD42. Yes, to get back um, to that. I would say Contrast, I thought, was a great example of that. That came out <gasps> launch yeah. day of the PS4. I really enjoyed oh, it. Wow. Not a lot of other people did. It wasn't super duper polished, but I guess I, for short games like that, I have a high tolerance if they that have a lack the of polish. That was the Shadow Woman in France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Such you a play is, is this girl's yeah, imaginary friend who's this sassy year. shadow woman. Yes. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a... Uh, it told a very interesting story. It felt good to 3D platform after so many years since the golden days of Rareware. And um, <laughs> the the shadow mechanic gave a lot of interesting puzzles where you could kind of change the level design by phasing in and out of the physical world and changing the placement of lights, mm-hmm. which which made for a few really interesting puzzles with multiple solutions that I yeah. thought was, was just neato. <laughs> um, there's one that just came out now, actually. I have not actually really found a good place for it to be on the channel but heavy bullets is exactly the kind of game that i wish i had a good format to cover oh heavy bullets is real good oh it's so fun it's 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 a roguelike first person roguelite i guess is the pc term nowadays um i mean yeah yeah, whatever everybody knows what you're talking about (laughs) i know i know um like when people say like don't call it a roguelike you know what i'm saying you know what i'm talking about so that doesn't mean that mean the term is working you die permanently from not a lot of damage but it's not like rogue george it's not like rogue (laughs) you know what i'm talking about okay that's why it's a roguelite i I guess anyway anyway heavy bullets yeah heavy bullets that one, uh, we, did, a, we actually did a Beard Bros episode on that. I Jimmy, guessed it on Beard Jimmy Bros. and Kite, do you guys have any examples of, of hidden gems people might not know about? Botanicula. Oh, yeah. Is well, To the true. Moon a hidden gem, or would that count? Or is that too I'd say enough known? people I've have heard played of it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say... I know say, the name. Oh, it's such a good game. You will cry, though. Yeah, I, I've heard that's that, That's what too. I have heard. I still haven't... I have it. I own it. I haven't jumped into it, though. I know Laura Shigihara did the yes. soundtrack, which is like... That's like a huge like plus in my mm-hmm. book. So I don't know. I need to I need to take the plunge on a lot of short games that I have in my library. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think <laughs> of any others. Oh, if if you've never played DLC Quest, that one's pretty fun. Um, it's like silly, snarky, like pseudo commentary on parody on RPG. Content. Yeah, yeah. That, that was it, really popular on Steam for a couple months ago. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually a platformer. Um, oh, really? Because it looks yeah. like an RPG. It's a side-scrolling platformer, hmm. and it's just hmm. it's like it's it's real dumb, but like it's dumb, and like they they know it's dumb. They made it like look a little derpy on purpose. They made it like play a little <laughs> weird on purpose, and it's got some funny stuff that goes on. I, I got a laugh out of it. So, and it's like two bucks or something. So nice. Mm. Um. Cool. All right, I think that uh, just about wraps up a lot of stuff that happened this week. Yeah. Looking over the docket now, wow, we did. We did a lot. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, keep it up, guys. Keep talking to yourselves in the forums. I'm going to try to be uh, more active again. I updated my um, my AMA with... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
with with an explanation behind my my shocking membership of a of a secret shadowy organization <laughs> of game journalist elites. Yeah. And um <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm going to try to keep up on the AMA thread from mm-hmm. now on. It's been a few months since I've been on. And yeah. Yeah, keep it up. Yeah, I'm, I've been uh I recently posted in mine again answered like a three month old question so i apologize <laughs> to the guy who asked that and then got the answer three months later right but then uh i'm keeping up with it more i'll be checking in daily or every other day to uh answer questions and and things and, and stuff and just just as an aside for super bunny hop fans join Whoa. the steam group play play counter-strike with me i love you guys oh <laughs> yeah yeah i have i have a steam group now if you um go to the youtube channel on the about page you will find it fairly easily and um yeah you'll get to see my list of curated game selections oh yeah from the uh the the uh well matured tastes of the bunny hop connoisseur (laughs) (laughs) um i actually need to get on making that look out for one that i may or may not be making because i'll probably forget but I, I the curator thing sounds cool, and I do want to jump into it. I just have forgotten literally every time I've gotten home. I just forget. I I, I don't necessarily uh, fully understand the, the usability of it quite yet. Mm-hmm. But since a lot of people were asking, I made one, and I ended up having a lot more fun by making a Steam group, which they require for you to make a curator list. And I actually have out of making the curator list. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway, um, Cat Tales, is there anything you want to you wanna plug or you're working on lately? Um, not really. I mean, does it have <laughs> to be video game related? Not necessarily. No, not necessarily. I adopted a manatee, so oh. I got the certificate in the mail today, so that's exciting. <laughs> does he, have a, I does tell. he or she have a name? <laughs> yeah, his name is Patty Doyle. <laughs> Patty Doyle for, Patty for a manatee? Doyle. That is an She's adorable name. She's very feisty, so... <laughs> I just said yeah. manatee. It's, it's... It's... You should have named him Hugh. Yeah, that's what people Hugh. are saying. Yeah, oh, I know. It's, it's like a... Hugh manatee. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really taken nah, joke. But um, it, it was funny how as soon as you asked... As soon as you got the answer as to whether or not it had to be video game related... <laughs> I could oh. tell. I could just hear the like sheer excitement in your voice of telling people that you adopted a manatee. It's so exciting to me. <laughs> it's great though. Yeah. That's a definitely a thing that I haven't done. <laughs> Not a lot of people can say they've adopted a manatee. <laughs> God, I said it again, manatee. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to be saying Ubisoft again. Ubisoft. I don't want to say Ubisoft, <laughs> even though it's a lot more fun to say than Ubisoft. Now that yeah. I think about it. Ah, anyways, anyways, <laughs> I think anyway. uh, we should be wrapping things up now, considering where <laughs> the discussion is going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, um. listen to the TOVG podcast for all your video game news and manatee yes. adoption stories. <laughs> Even though I just said it again. Yeah. Manatee. 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 I have, I have issues with pronunciation sometimes. A lot of fans have noticed that. They, they let yeah. me know. <laughs> I'm sure they, they do. do. Yeah, yeah. The fans are just so nice like that, Aww. you know. Mm-hmm. They, they let you know endearing. everything you're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, uh, honest friends. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, listen to us next week. Rate us five stars on iTunes, and uh, we will return the favor by continuing to produce this excellent content that you guys apparently love, which makes us feel great. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of listeners lately, and that's a lot been, of, a lot of positive cool. feedback too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the been, best. That's been nice. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, it's appreciated. It's appreciated. It's appreciated. I'm gonna push oh. it. It's so- okay, anyways. <laughs> anyways, uh, we have, have a good evening, everybody. Mm-hmm. We and hope to weekend. see yes. you again next week. Yep. Bye. 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 Okay. Bye. I am pausing my recording. Okay. Stop.